but it introduced a fear of a terrible fear of spiders to everybody. Yeah. Because it brought it into our homes, into our shoes, into our popcorn. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. It's a mini sode. Hi, it's Frida. And it's Abby. This series is a bit different. It's all about science fiction. From aliens to outer space, monsters to dystopian futures, AI to time travel. Somewhere down the line, we've covered a movie about it. To get the conversation started, we watched James Cameron's docuseries, The History of Science Fiction. This is episode three, and it's all about Frida's favorite topic, monsters. So, so Frida, do you, do you, do you want to tell us how you, how you feel about monsters? Why do I love monsters so much? I don't even know. There's some. I just love monsters. I love monsters. Um, <laughs> what can I say? And also, it's not only that. Well, I guess we'll save this for question three. Um, well, what do what, what, what do I say? Am I going to talk about what I liked about the episode? Am I going to talk about what I like about <laughs> monsters and films? Like, where do I begin? I love I've monsters. Already. <laughs> you want to tell me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start then with, is there anything that came up in the documentary episode before we get into the discussion? Is there anything specific that you want to talk about? Yes. I want to, I want to get this out of the way up front because Guillermo del Toro features in this heavily. And so the whole time I was like, when's the, when's that monster going to come? My favorite monster. And they don't mention my, f- they don't mention well, they don't mention the shape of water once, oh, yeah. but they don't mention Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I guess is that technically fantasy? And so, what was it yeah. within the scope? I guess that's why. But if you're gonna sit Guillermo del Toro down and talk monsters, all you can come up with is Pacific Rim. Are you but, crazy? But I suppose it's monsters, but it's still science fiction. And like you said, is Pan's Labyrinth is more fantasy. Shape of Water is more fantasy as well, right? That's not really science fiction, is it? Um, I guess they discover a monster, but like they do a lot of science. But the monster wasn't a result of like you yeah. know nuclear stuff. But so I just I just do want to give a second to the the I don't know if you've seen Pan's Labyrinth with mm. the with the eye monster with the one that eats children. <laughs> I've never seen it with the monster. Oh, you've never seen Pan's Labyrinth. So, and, and because, you know, we were talking about a person we don't like before the recording, right? <laughs> now, sometimes in life, it's harder to directly confront a person you don't like. But in your imagination, you can construct a monster that represents that person and battle the monster. It becomes a way to deal with people in your life. Yeah. And that is what Pan's Labyrinth is directly about a girl who's in a nightmare, um, in a total nightmare of war and power and abuse. And instead of, you know, dealing with the life, she constructs a fantasy thing where clearly the monsters in the fantasy things are direct parallels of the horrors in her life. Right. And she battles the monsters. And so that's sort of what monsters does it creates a proxy for the horrors of the world and allows you to directly confront them and i think that that was kind of most powerfully put with the godzilla you know 
uh, origins. Like the Japanese yeah. couldn't actually directly make films about what America did to them because they were still sort of under the yes, power yes. of the Americans post-war. But you know what? Let's make a movie about a giant lizard as sort of a proxy for the horrors of post-nuclear fallout and make that movie. And that way we can get into that topic as meaty and as possible as we can in a safe emotional way and that is what is so powerful about this kind of science fiction it is allows you to confront your feelings and fear about something um, like very you can confront it in a, such an extreme way like you can experience those very extreme feelings without really like being vulnerable yeah that's really well put is that what ah. you love about monsters then or is that just about pan's labyrinth Pan's Labyrinth's probably elucidated for me what is so good about monsters, okay. but they're so good about but when a, when a monster is particularly good, yeah, like particularly great design of a monster, you're like, man, that's that's never leaving my head. Do you have a top? Oh, wait, no, I'll come back. Well, uh, let me write that down to ask you at the end. Okay. Okay. One second. Think about your top five monsters throughout the episode oh. no pressure okay <laughs> i don't really have too much that i wanted to bring up i mean yeah i'd marked down about guillermo del toro uh i wrote down a, a note for myself and i did this quite a while ago and i honestly cannot fucking figure out what it, what i was trying to say maybe you'll know i wrote down dragons snake feline birds biggest that we should be afraid of i love that shit what dragons snakes feline birds the biggest we should be afraid of i don't understand what i was why why Sorry. i thought it was an important thing to write down you're on your own <laughs> all right okay so the the one thing that i did write down that i do know that makes sense was i really enjoyed the bit where james cameron said that he he originally wanted to make jurassic park um but spielberg yeah. got there and he said that it was the right thing that Spielberg got there first because Cameron would have made it like Aliens. And I would try to imagine Jurassic Park in the style of Aliens. And I so agree with what he said because it, it, it is scary enough. And that's... I feel like what a lot of movies these days, family movies these days, miss is actually floating with the edge of too scary for children. Mm-hmm. You know, really, like he, uh, when you go back and watch movies from the nineties or whatever, you're like, man, this is properly terrifying. I feel like a lot of a lot of family friendly films or kids films these days, they never really take you to the dark place. Yeah, that uh, that the movies like that take you. It's so it's correct exactly. Like it is horrifying, but never quite crosses the line that would give it a rating that children can't see. And that's that is why it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything and else I love that we revisited. We so we revisited the Jurassic Park scene. Where, remember when we talked about like how did Steven Spielberg smudge over the like uh, primitive CGI? Oh yeah, yeah. By showing the shot of the humans being like wow before we saw it. Yeah, because it <laughs> it gets you set up to be amazed. I, I just I just remembered that bit, and also the seatbelt thing. I was like, oh, we've talked about yeah. all of this. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, the seatbelt thing. When they talked about that, I remember because I remember you bringing it up in the episode and me just being like, "What are you talking about?" Because <laughs> you always pick up on those kinds of things that I never do. Um, so, do you have any other stuff from the from the episode that you want to bring up? Uh, no. Okay. So, our monster movies so far. These are the ones that I've picked out from all the episodes that we've done that I classify as monster movies. So, agree or disagree with me wherever you feel. Obviously, The Fly. Alien. <laughs> the Thing. <laughs> mm. I've put in The Girl with All the Gifts. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Zombies. Uh... Then then it gets a little bit lighter, but it is still monsters, in my opinion. Uh, the Mummy. Mm-hmm. The Meg. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic Park, of course. And then I also kind of went with The Incredible Hulk is a bit of a monster movie as well, because, you know, I mean, you have Abomination, who is an actual monster, and then Hulk is like, is he a monster? Is he not a monster? And... um I put down Independence Day. I don't know why. I think because there's just a couple of bits with the aliens in that. But um, it's only the creepy bit, really, when when they uh, are in the containment thing. Anywho. And Mm. then also I said, then there's our whole zombie miniseries. And we have the epic, that one monster scene from Cabin in the Woods. Oh, Cabin in the Woods is a great one because it's every monster. Yeah, it's funny to think about, isn't it so good? It's funny to think about the categories that movie monster go in. So it's it's the fear of the natural world. Do you know what? I love that conversation. Um, And this is, I guess, the the number one sort of the question number one topic. Exploring the adversity of the natural world. So so that is a monster. So Anaconda, um, Rogue. That's the that's the crocodile one. And I love that they say it's healthy. You have to have a healthy fear of the natural world. It's like healthy. Yeah. <laughs> that's was their discussion. Fear of teeth, claws, being chased. Like this is healthy to explore and to remind yourself that there's adversity in the natural world. I appreciated that little conversation between, was it Cameron and Spielberg? Right. And so that's a category of movie monster is just exploring the fact that the natural world is terrifying. <laughs> yeah that's true actually i think when you say that like there's so many different things that can come into it anything anything that um has any sort of animal i guess that is depicted in a way that's maybe a little bit more extreme than they would be in reality becomes a monster annihilation Mm -hmm. at monsters because of the way the bear is represented Oh my god, that's a great monster. I think I had a big reaction to that one too, I think mm. as I remember. It was a good one. Yeah, so the ca- the categories they discuss in here is like the natural world, and then they discuss the idea of movie monsters just allowing you to get close to danger without actually being in danger because we kind of want that. And then there's the warning. And I guess mm. there's the warning of nuclear radiation and things like that or our experiments gone wrong or yeah something like that but then but then there's the the things category of like that's doesn't fall into any of that that's just you know alien shit i guess like 
Yeah, okay, I'm not sure so, what yeah, category so, that goes into. Well, kind of leading that into being with our um, our first discussion, being the depiction of monsters in movies. Yeah, that's such a that's such an interesting way to put it. Like you've got the kind of the natural world, and then you have the completely unnatural world. Uh, of course, we've got supernatural as supernatural world as well in some kind of respects. When when you want to talk about um, other other aspects of movies, um, you know, werewolves and vampires and all that kind of stuff. But I never really think of them as mon- I never really think of them as monsters in the same way. If that makes sense. Oh, I know what it is. Oh, it's the monster within category. Oh, there's the okay. natural world monster. There's the let's try to just be as scared as possible because and then and there's the nuclear war of scientific experiment gone wrong and then there's the idea of the monster within, so that's vampires, that's werewolves right. and the thing is like it's using aliens but the the fact that the alien can become a human allows us to explore the idea of turning into monsters and then um, did you hear that bit when he was like where he came up with the idea of the thing? the guy that wrote it no, or whatever was yeah. The guy that wrote who goes there, he said he came home one day and his mother was standing there and he started talking to his mother and about his day (laughs) and the mother was being weird and everything was like off until he realized he was talking to his mother's identical twin. Oh yes. And yeah. And the experience stayed with him. So his whole life, and that's where he came the idea of who am I talking to? So yeah. that's, I guess, the monster within, but it's also the betrayal of people becoming monsters or something like that. It's it's dealing it's, with when people aren't who they say they are. It, right. It's, um. oh my God, I, we were only talking about this yesterday because there's this category of um, videos going out at the moment where people are pretending to be uh, characters in games. So certain games like Grand Theft Auto and they do like this kind of bouncy way, like they kind of, they're on the camera just kind of sort of bouncing the way that the characters do. And then they do a weird run that emulates how the computer generated characters run. Yeah. And then a sudden stop and a kind of, and a, a very static or, or, or staccato, I don't know what the word is, uh, turn. Anyway. I was just saying, like, I was watching a video yesterday and I was like, why am I so uncomfortable with this? Like, I know that this is a real person. I think that the, what they're doing, I find interesting because I, like, I get what they're doing, but it also makes me feel really uncomfortable. And James had a spot on. He was like, it's the uncanny valley thing. Um, And we talked about this in Blade Runner 2049 because it's that whole thing with the machines when, when a machine like starts to emulate humans a little bit too much but you still know that there's something wrong there's something off there Mm -hmm. it's not exactly correct so you instead have this like disgust feeling or um a revulsion towards it instead of um feeling comfortable i don't know sorry it's just that just made me think of that no and I immediately just was thinking about my grandmother because my, my so when people when, when people get old and de- and they have sort of issues of dementia, mm. and so the, it's the same person but it's something different. Yeah. Is it, it really? It it's just like what I'm dealing with my grandmother at the moment. It's like she's clearly the person, but it's not the person. And there's something so 
there's a there's such a it's such a horrifying experience sitting with somebody who's the person but isn't the person and so all your interactions are different and you're so aware all the time that you're behaving differently mm. and it, there's such an uncomfortable feeling happening that is so hard to place that I think it's like you know if you were gonna like I said like the idea of take that take that feeling and make it science fiction and it allows you to take this horrible feeling that you can't mention, transplant it into a monster science fiction story and just go all the way into that feeling that you're feeling, which, you know, when I'm, it's my grandmother, you know what I mean? Like it's, you can't really go there because you're sort of worried about, you know, all these other things, but make it a monster and you just go for gold. And there's something so cathartic about having the opportunity to do that through yeah through science fiction that's such an interesting point i really like thanks for sharing that because like it just i've never thought about it in that way before in terms of like monsters i always just think about monsters as grotesque i just think about the thing or um and not the thing when he's pretending to be but like the the thing when he's uh, like a head on six spindly spike legs running around the floor <laughs> or you know brundle fly and uh, things like that like that's what i think about when i think of monsters and it's like the most disconcerting monsters are are the stories where as you said it's the monster within where it's not clear to you at the very first moment that you're dealing with a monster um it's fascinating yeah I well i think that's 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 the enduring quality of the fly and the thing is Yes, the crazy puppets, but it's Gina Davis being like, this isn't right. I'm mm. so scared. Or, yeah. you know, any of the other characters saying in the thing being like, this is, this is not quite right. Uh, and I think it's that it's, it's like, and so the movies are so good because you're like, I know that feeling, Yeah, <laughs> that feeling I know that's universal. And it's just it just gives you the heebie-jeebies uh, so that yeah that's like a whole category of monster film it's yeah. like exploring something we all know and experience but putting it in a in a context that we can kind of explore safely yeah. emotionally so by the way this series is making me like really like love sci-fi <gasps> this yeah, I have to say, like, the James Cameron, like, all these conversations, these are, like, in little bits. Of, I've, I've thought about all these little aspects and yeah. angles of sci-fi before, but it's this series is really, like, solidifying for me. It's only taken me three years. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But we're nearly there. Now, next, next stop, Marvel. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Um... <laughs> I'm I'm an optimist, not a fantasist, Frida. Come on. Okay, so mm. uh, in terms of like just sticking with the depiction for a second, because because we talked about all that monster within stuff, so I think I think we should just give a minute or two to the two other kind of styles that you brought up a while ago, and the you know the nature aspect of it when when we look at um, from the movies that we've done, we look at Jurassic Park and the Meg and just things like that. And in general, when we look at something that's like prehistoric or some sort of unknown monster, like there's so many of them that there's so many of them that are ridiculous. I do think that it's something that that's kind of 
hard to do well that respect but um jurassic park the meg i guess godzilla would be a bit more like that as well like it's something animalistic but it's something a bit more natural a bit more familiar to us i know godzilla's not exactly familiar but it's it's from our world in general you know uh, mm-hmm. But it's just bigger than you expect it to be, <laughs> and more yeah, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. When you or s- where it shouldn't be. Yeah. When <laughs> when Kong. you see Komodo dragons, have you like we see, you can see Komodo dragons. Mm. We were just when I was at the zoo in New York, and they had a Komodo dragon, and you're like, oh no, that like that's that's right there, like that exists. This is a giant lizard, and yeah. it eats small animals. You know, like oh, it's right in front of me. <laughs> I think that. When when you, we probably all have the moment as kids when we realize the Komodo dragon is quite real and alive, and yeah. <laughs> and it brings up all these movie monster things. It's like when you realize it, it exists. I like remember like things exist. like I mean I suppose it's not I don't know does it come under monster or not, but what what was that movie like um, arachnophobia? Was that a movie? Fuck yeah. That, yeah, like, of course the, it's a movie. We should totally do it, by the way. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Like, actually, the, one of the most horrendous things I've ever... I, I must have blocked it from my memory, because I know I've seen it. But I can't tell you... Like, I can picture maybe one or two scenes in the whole thing. And then my brain just says, don't think about it. <laughs> Arachnophobia, I, I still... You know, if you leave shoes out... I mean, I feel like anybody... Uh, yeah. Like, once... Yeah, it's the shoes... It, Arachnophobia is definitely, definitely a monster film. Spiders. Yeah. But it introduced a fear of, a terrible fear of spiders to everybody. Yeah. Because it brought it into our homes, into our shoes, into our popcorn. If you remember the popcorn scene. (laughs) The idea that a monster can be, like, and then you think about, like, is there going to be some, a horrifying mosquito film where it's like a mosquito can do that and, like, that they actually, you know, when I was at I was at the Natural History Museum and they had a mosquito blown up seventy five times, just so you can really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I guess it's beautiful, but like, do they really have to do this? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, there's certain things that I'm okay with not ever encountering in my life. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's really there. I think that, yeah, the Godzilla, I think, falls under the category of there were, like, monsters respond to zeitgeist. So whatever people are afraid of in terms of science and technology, that the monster can um, represent that. Yes. Fear. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And do you think um, that's kind of where we also get, like, our actual uh, visually grotesque monsters, the fly, the thing... The girl with all the gifts and the zombies ones, they're all like slightly different, you know? I don't know how to talk about them in terms of um, the rest of the categories. I guess monsters are like actually quite a massive category. Mm. Yeah, the zombies are about this, the betrayal thing. It's about your friends Mm. becoming zombies. It's a little bit the monster within, but the the betrayal. I think that's the word that they use in in the episode. Yeah. In terms and of the, like the, the the visual monsters, there was one thing that they brought up in the episode that I really I'd never thought about, it and I thought it was a great point when they were talking about Stranger Things because I, I know we don't 
we are always talking about movies, but Stranger Things really does have excellent monster depictions. And there was one point they made about mm. the Demogorgon where it says that, like, the fact that they just decided not to give it eyes meant that you couldn't, you don't know where it's looking and that that's one of the things that adds to the terror. And I was like, yeah, I get that. The Demogorgon... And they they missed something out in the, that I think is really worth mentioning about the Demogorgon too. I think the Demogorgon is great monster. I love the flower aspect of it because mm. it's something creepy about taking the idea of a flower, which is pretty, and like putting it like that. Yeah. Uh, when I when I saw the Demogorgon, actually, it did sort of evoke to me Guillermo del Toro uh, monsters, um, and I just I I hear that about the eyes, but. Mm. when you meet the monster in Pan's Labyrinth, you don't immediately see eyes, right? What it is, is it, there's a, it's like a face with a hole and you don't know if the hole is a mouth. Is it, there's nostrils and a mouth and you don't know if the nostrils are eyes or is they mouth. Like you yeah, don't know okay. what is this monster, right? And it's only when the eyes come in and where does the eyes go in the monster's sort of hands, actually. So he puts the, monster, the eyes in his hands and he opens up his hands above his nostrils and they become his eyes. Then you see the face and that's when it really becomes because then it's seeing you and then yeah. it chases her. And so it's funny because I hear that, but... I take your point. But, but, I take your point. But, yeah, mm, the but, not knowing yeah. where it's looking adds fear to it. But then knowing that it's looking at you, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's a bit more, um, it's a bit more sort of, sort of, uh, yeah. sort of, how do you say, like, you can actually feel the fear. But what I wanted to say about Stranger Things, that there is a great conversation where Eleven is telling them about the Demogorgon. She says, that's the monster. And then she was like, that's the bad man, is not the monster. She's like, monster, but the bad man is yeah. that, that she distinguishes the monster from the bad man. That the monster is like the, the re- creation of the bad man, but the real villain is her father. Yeah. It's such a poignant scene because it distinguishes like the real evil from the like proxy evil. And I was disappointed that they didn't mention that scene. Oh. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because it really, it's like, it's a very powerful yeah. distinction. Um, but like, what's the, and, and again, it's like, it's back to the whole Pan's Labyrinth fantasy scene, which is like, what's the real evil? It's my father. But maybe it's easier for me to chase this monster than to confront yeah. the fact that my father is actually really responsible for my suffering. Right. <laughs> well speaking of that then like i mean in terms of the there, there's a lot of overlap between that into the second discussion point which is the movies and their social message um and you've brought it up a few times there's the whole fact like the whole genre of sci-fi b movies that were all kind of based around the radiation fear as a result of world war ii um leading to a bunch of monster movies and as you said as well, Godzilla being a metaphor for Hiroshima. Uh, is there any? Are there any other kind of uh, monsters stories that you can think of, or anything that you've kind of thought about of the social message of the movies that we've covered? Yeah, I wrote a few points down. Um, 
the social message. I did love that with Resident Evil, <laughs> do you know what? I really appreciate every episode. There is a there is a point in the episode where a woman gives the perspective of what it means for women, and I always mm. find it very powerful. And she says about a woman staring down their fear, um, being like a very powerful part of Resident Evil. Um, that was one thing that I thought was incredibly powerful. Um, and then I thought about Annihilation when she stares yeah. down the mouth of the crocodile too. The, pow- the power of giving a woman the opportunity to stare down a fear personified as a monster gives me chills. It's great. Um, that was a good point. Another one is um, the fear of human othering. Yeah, Like the idea of when we other humans. I was thinking about that. Um, I can't remember. You, you said you made some point earlier. Sorry, I can't. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, you you made me think about the whole othering thing that we've talked about before. Yeah, that's that's in a few of these the movie examples. Um, it talks about othering. What happens when we other humans? Mm. Um, and so I don't know that I wrote that in the context of the Resident Evil. That was like where they brought that topic up. But it's yeah. the same thing with the thing as well. Uh, so it's like a, a social critique on othering one another. Um, and then there was, I guess, with the fly. And I think it's with the fly. It's with Frankenstein. It's with, yeah, I guess those are the two examples here. Not as much cause, because the Japanese in Godzilla, they were talking about what was done to them by the Americans, right? So mm. it wasn't so much about the warning, uh, but is hubris scientific hubris um of thinking that you just have complete control over nature jurassic park huge one Mm. huge one like that we've conquered it like that's the hubris of humans thinking that we can sort this out and we've conquered nature and nature coming back to be like you really haven't um or yeah exactly um and it could even be a yeah, like a, a an analogy for, you know, this endless consumption of capitalism, thinking that nature is a, like an endless, this sea is like an endless well, pit we can just eat from and like realizing that we can't conquer nature and we can't conquer the natural worlds and that it'll, it'll come back to bite us. And the perfect, do you know what, the perfect depiction of that and the only story or the, definitely from what we've covered so far from what I can think of that ended the movie without humanity being able to actually resurrect or overcome or whatever is the girl with all the gifts. Because uh, of the whole mushroom thing? The fungus? Yeah, well, because in the, at the end it became about evolution. It was like nature won over. Humans couldn't mm. do anything more to survive. It became this new yeah. species, these new, you know, these these children with this like symbiotic relationship. But it was because it was like, well, you know, in, in every other story like that, there's some solution. Humans find some way. And that one, it just went, no, you had your time. Your time is up. You like, and as you said, it's like you've tried mm-hmm. to combat nature and nature's basically gone. Nah. Yeah. That that totally leads into next week's episode. Uh, next episode, excellent. Um, but yeah, the the idea that yeah, hubris. That's yeah. like a huge 
a huge part of it. Um, what other things about messages? Uh, yeah, obviously what, yeah, it's the same thing. What can be unleashed by radiation warnings and things like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that that was pretty much it. There was one thing I wanted to say about stranger things, which is that they reference altered states in stranger things. I, yeah. <laughs> I so random. There was one stranger things. I always struggle with, um, so many so much borrowing so many references mm. so much like you know that it sort of feels like how original is this really <laughs> <laughs> how much credit do you get when everything is copied from other things but it's I'm very confused about that yeah i feel like i feel like every there's no story that can ever be 100 percent original i don't believe i know anymore. um but it does do a lot of like one reference after the other it's a bit much like, yeah, but I think like... when, I think I think that's a tendency when something is set in a certain time period, and it becomes about the pop culture aspect of it, you know, and then the show itself yep. becomes this whole thing that people want to reference. It becomes a part of that pop culture that it is constantly mm. referencing, and I don't know, it works. Yeah, it's I'm comforting. Okay it. <laughs> it's fun. It's comforting, I guess, to be like, oh my God, that reference. Oh my God, that reference. Yeah. It's like you, it's basically geeking out. Yeah. It's like geeking out in form of a It's also because show. like, it, it's easy for us to look at it now and no Stranger Things is made now. But when you're making something that's set in that certain time period, you have to reference things that were happening at that time period. That too. Yeah. You could do both. Well. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah. What's your favorite episode that we've done? Um, well, <laughs> well, Doc, that'll be Sorry. the fly. <laughs> I was going to try and string it out a bit longer as to what, what I could possibly think you might choose. <laughs> it's the fly, but I, I'm very. I was always like, from from a movie monster point of view, purely, like I think the thing might. Yeah. touch on a few more nerves than the fly just from the sheer monsterness of yeah. it um but i think that the that that it was so satisfying watching the fly i was like i get to talk about it but <laughs> be careful frida don't talk about it too much <laughs> you are allowed to talk about the fly as much as you want so disgusting how slimy is brundlefly it's just it's a slimeness so vile so slimy <laughs> it's a, it really is a testament to the power of jeff goldblum that he can still be considered like attractive and sexy um after people have seen him like that Jeff Goldblum has really cornered sort of this thing. I love that he has such a presence in science fiction mm. um, in, the, in this uh, in this series, but um, I really appreciate him because he's just so Jewish. And seeing someone so who looks so Jewish like that up there, I actually really find it very validating. <laughs> He's so Jewy with his glasses. Like I think that's why that's why the fly was so were great because I felt like I was seeing a little bit myself and and I just I'm like it's so cool watching such a Jew Look, up there. If you're obsessed with Jeff Goldblum, we know you are, it's okay. Okay. He's Jerry Jewy. Um <laughs> he's Jew just Jewy. Anyway, um what what's yours? I don't know. I was thinking about this and I was like, you see, I want to reevaluate my thinking on it now that we've had this discussion about how 
how they're depicted and and um, what like the messages of them and you know rather than think about oh what did I enjoy in terms of the movie because you know I didn't really enjoy the fly all that much and you know that I didn't enjoy the thing but at the same time when you want to talk about actually depictions of monsters then like yeah I think the fly is really gross. I think that the I think the ping is probably more of a monster depiction. Um, yeah, alien, I put in as well. I know it's aliens, mm. but it's a very very specific monster. Yeah, it comes up every episode, is. basically. So I know. <laughs> uh, the way yeah. you the way you didn't talk, I'm like oh, I try to not talk about alien. I know, like, they, they basically, they say up the front, they say up front in this episode, the alien is the best monster that's ever been created, ever fulfilled. Yeah. And I was like, all right then. <laughs> I guess that's settled. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's incredible. Like, all, everything that went into it, when you first see it, we talked about it when we talked about the movie, like, the the way it's all just hints and shadows and you never fully see it for, like, so long into it. It's the suspense that it builds for you for um, coming across it. So, yeah. Look, a oh, fine alien is mine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, question. I've actually got. I've got. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask you these ones first, and then I'm gonna still end with that one. So, is there any movie that came up in the episode that we haven't done yet that you want to do? Yeah, I'd like to see the original Godzilla. Hey. I guess. I've never seen it, so I think it's probably sciency enough. Yeah, I also put down Frankenstein. Oh, classic. Yeah, I was we should like, totally it, do Frankenstein. It never occurred Stein. to me. Uh, and I was like, why Why would Frankenstein never occur to me? It's alive. Okay, so Frida, what's your favorite? What's your top five monsters? Well, I didn't have my pen, so I couldn't actually okay. do it. Um, let me just... Well, my top one is absolutely the Pan's Labyrinth Pale Monster. Okay. And I really don't know what else. (laughs) I don't know what else. Okay. That's my favorite ever monster. You can just make the question, what's your favorite ever monster? (laughs) Okay. No, what we'll do is um, you will do a TikTok video for a TikTok listing your top five monsters. I'll be like, I'll do the TikTok thing where you like point yeah. and you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll think more about it. I have okay. to think more about it. Uh, do you think that we should be allowed to create monsters? So this comes back to something we talked about in Jurassic Park, right? Um, and it's something that came up in that episode. Jack Horner was in it and uh, he said that we could genetically make something that would represent a dinosaur and he thinks it would be a cool thing to do. And when we talked about this in the Jurassic Park episode, we concluded this would be a terrible thing to do. <laughs> do you think we should be allowed to create monsters? No. no. Also, I'm a firm believer in, like, let them be where they were extinct. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, we had this discussion because it's, an interest, it's very interesting about what do we bring back or what do we not bring back. No, I don't think we should create monsters. Yeah, I agree. Um, leave them in movies. Yeah. <laughs> Create more for I movies. I don't actually movies. like monsters. By the way, just I just want to say it. I never want to see a monster IRL. 
yeah. if that needs to be said. I'll just say, like, I this is purely me in a cinema yeah. enjoying on the feeling the of being afraid of a monster <laughs> without, yes, only on a screen. Otherwise, it yeah. really doesn't count. I don't want to be ever scared in real life. I don't want to, I don't want to ever feel bad. I don't want to ever be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> but I acknowledge there is a human need to explore that feeling. It's, it's, it's a form of catharsis. Yeah. And movies give us that. Thank you, movies. Um, okay, so what are your final comments then? Was that your final comment? Oh, just the Godzilla genitals thing. I just thought that was, Sorry, oh, that what? was so funny. You didn't, you didn't watch that bit when they were like, oh, Roland Emmerich obviously has to come and fuck up Godzilla franchise, whatever. <laughs> but when when they, they have this scene where Godzilla is walking over everybody and the camera pans underneath and Roland Emmerich was like, the question was like, what are its genitals? <laughs> what what sex is it? And they were like, we'll make it female because it feels so much oh more scary God. when they're protecting it's protecting its babies. Anyways. <laughs> whatever that was funny amazing i'm just gonna leave it there okay (laughs) the big question in monster movies what are their genitals gonna be it is a big question have you seen shape of water oh my god no i never when she describes it it. yeah well they they sort they sort of they they address it all right (laughs) All right. Okay, we're going to leave it there. Um, this was our episode all about monsters. Um, how do I end this again? Sorry, I'm very tired. <laughs> I feel a bit off. How do? How and do next I time it'll be about. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, this was episode about monsters. Join us in two weeks. (laughs) This was episode three, all about monsters. You can join us in two weeks time for episode four, which is dark futures. Um, Other than that, we'll be about next week with the main episode. Thanks for listening. Um, just one thing is that the first question you were like, what in the beginning of the episode, when you were like, what do you say about depict anything about the episode? I just didn't know how to answer it because I had sort of put everything into like the categories. Um, so, because the first one is the depiction of as a movie that's kind of like, so I just didn't know what to say in that first question, just like any, right. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I do love them. Okay. So are you going to ask a similar question with the dark futures? Yeah. No, I just have to get pre-prepared. I can ask you because I think you like dystopian.
I'll ask you to talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I haven't stopped recording. Hi, it's Frida. Oh, uh, so I'll stop and start again. I'll stop.